has to do with life. It's a lot about teamwork. There's a lot. Am I on? Hello. Yeah. Can you hear me? There's a lot about that that resembles what we need to be about. And sometimes we get caught up with doing lots of big things and we forget to do lots of small things. And it's small things that make somebody or someone or an organization or a business or a family successful. And if we're going to be solid followers of Christ, then it's the small things that make a difference. I was uh, reading some things this week, and I saw where another pastor posted this week. Um, as he left uh, his office, uh, he could see a football field uh, out, out his window. And as he drove home, it reminded him that fall was on its way, and he was so excited. And I'd already uh, planned a series on fundamentals, fundamental Christianity. And as I thought of that, it reminded me, when I read that post, it reminded me of all, it's August. And I used to be a football player. I played football for like 12 seasons. And um, it, was a, it was fun, but two-a-days. I thought of two-a-days, you know. Anybody, how many people remember two-a-days? How many guys remember two-a-days? Ah! I had a coach who promised us we would lose control of our bodily functions. And he made good on his promise. There's a scene. Whoa. There's a scene from Remember the Titans where Coach Boone's just had enough. And they're doing up-downs. You remember that? (laughs) When they're on the ground, up and down, up and up. And, And Coach Yost walks over to him and he goes, there's a fine line between, I forget what he says, like boldness and and insanity, and you're towing the line, Coach. And Coach Boone kind of kind of grins at him and whistles twice, and the kids collapse to the ground because they know practice is done. And, and the one dude pulls his helmet off as quick as he can. He goes, and he, he just, everywhere. Those are some memories I have of, of, of four summers at least of my life where I played high school football, and we did two-a-days. The thing about two-a-days is this. The coaches start you all day long. You spend all day working, guess, on, on, on what? Fundamentals. Almost seemed like daylight till dark. You were out on the field, and you just did things that somehow, in some way, didn't even seem like they had anything to do with football whatsoever. Like the thing with the ropes, you know. What's that got to do? Let's get out there and hit somebody. Come on. You know what I mean? Let's throw a ball. Let's catch a pass. And you're out there running these ropes, and you're running in and out of these things. And you're like, dude, what does that do? And you realize as you get closer in football that footwork has a lot to do with you being able to accomplish what it is you need to accomplish. If you're going to tackle, you'll be able to pull your knees up over top of people or lay on the ground to get to the tackler. So if you're going to hit somebody, you got to get that fundamental footwork thing down. But you know what? A lot of times as Christians, we want to proceed beyond fundamentals and we get off track. We want to worry about these big, super spiritual moments and things, but we leave like the really necessary fundamental portions of, of, of being a follower of Christ. We leave them gone. You know how it is. You have a, a daily life. And what are the things that get left in the dust when life gets busy? The fundamental stuff you're supposed to be doing as a follower of Christ, am I right? Isn't the prayer time that gets pushed to the side, the Bible reading, or the, uh, the evangelism that you're supposed to be a part of? What about the giving part of life? What, what, what about the fellowship and the community with the rest of the body of Christ? What about getting involved in accountability? What about those things? We, 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 we have to push those aside, don't we? And so if we're going to be successful as Christians, we've got to get down to fundamentals. We gotta find the spiritual blocking dummy. We gotta get on, get, get 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 right into it. We gotta put on uh, one of the first things you do at a, at a one of the first things you do as a football player. You get to wear this thing. I won't even try and put it on. I think Jay's head's smaller than mine is. I'd look pretty stupid. Um, you get to put this thing on. But usually the first few practices, you didn't get to wear nothing else but this. That means you can't really do the things you really like to do. You know what I mean? And so you've got to run the paces. Even p- players, even have you watched the NFL? These guys have played football, some of them, for 20 years. Their first practices, they don't even put anything on but a helmet. Why? Because they're getting back to fundamentals, the things that make them good at what they do. 
And if we think we're ever going to get beyond that, we are, we're the ones who, 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 who have lost. I want to give you a couple of announcements real quick because some of it has to do with, with fundamentally stuff. Um, this week is our camp. And if you read on the screen at times, we have that Church Tramp logo and it says, Win, Disciple, Send. There's two things that go on there. There's winning young kids who don't know anything about Jesus. And there's discipling kids who have been around Jesus for a little while. We're going to do both this weekend. We need your prayers. But because of that, everybody go like this. Come on, we're a team. Everybody one hand and one finger in the air. Okay, one finger in the air. Everybody say one service. Now everybody go like this. 10 o'clock. Everybody say 10 o'clock. Next week we will not have two services. We'll have one service. It'll be at 10 o'clock. Everybody got that? Everybody do it again. One, 10. One, 10. One, 10. Everybody got it? Good. Okay. Another thing we're really a part of, winning, discipling, and sending, we're going to try and win some more people. We did a couple weeks ago. We're going to go back to Kingston, okay? We're going back to Kingston August 19th. You know what we're going to do? We're going to give families a free night out. How's that sound to you? We're going to turn Kingston Park into a sit-in theater, not a drive-in. It'll be like a drive-in, but we're going to be cars there. Okay? We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna play a movie. We're going to pop popcorn. We're going to give them nachos. We're going to get them drinks. We're going to have them bring their lawn chairs. And we're going to hang out on August the 19th at a sit-in, drive-in movie theater in Kingston Park. Okay? I don't know what the movie's going to be yet. We're still working out the details because there's this funny thing called copyright licensing you've got to contend with. And so we're going to work on that continually tomorrow and get that arranged. We talked to the library and the JCs, people who are used to doing all this stuff out in the parks and stuff like that. There, there, there's, there's some stuff there. We're going to be above board and do it right so that, you know, some Disney executive can't come down here with a lawsuit or something stupid like that and be, be, be smudged the name of Jesus, okay? Um, the crazy thing is I talked to a, a few people who live in Kingston today, this week, and they are excited. Are you really coming back? Yeah, we're coming back. No kidding? Yeah. All right. Can I help? Yeah, you can help. That'd be great. Got a guy willing to go pass out flyers to all the youth sports people at Logan Elm and Zane Trace. So, we need help. There's a sign-up sheet out there. We've got a couple of groups who've, who've said they'd like to help out and, and, and make it happen. Some of you connection groups are looking for ways to outreach. We're going to give you one, an easy one. It takes about six, ten people. Somebody to help Thomas set up the sound. Somebody to pop popcorn. Somebody to dish out drinks and dish out nachos. That's it. We're done. Doesn't take a, but all of us are invited. And I would like for there to be a crowd there of little kids. We're going to show some kind of a family-friendly movie. Just, I don't know, it's going to be maybe up so everybody can see Doug and know, what know who Doug is. Maybe, I don't know. We'll figure out something. The other thing I want to talk about is, is what, we just, what you just saw on the screen. Our nation needs prayer. Did you know? Did you guys know this? Dude, check this out. I heard this this morning. 40, everybody say 44,000. That's how many people slammed into Reliant Stadium where the Houston Texans play for one purpose, to pray yesterday. 44,000 people. Our nation needs prayer worse than it needs anything else. Better, more than it needs a good economy, more than it needs anything else. The Apostle Paul told us to pray for our leaders. Uh, in, in the Second Chronicles, uh, it, it tells us that when the rain is withheld, when things are going wrong, that, that we, should, we should call upon the name of the Lord. We should humble ourselves and pray, seek his face, turn from our evil ways, and then he'll do something amazing. He will hear from heaven, and he will heal our land. That's cool, man. I saw governors there, and all for the name of Jesus. They weren't silent who they were praying to. It wasn't like this, you know, weird, politically correct kind of thing. I don't even know what to call it. But it was prayer towards the person of Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by him, all right? We're sending a team to D.C., okay? They're out there. They're going to take home lunch with you today. Or, okay, they're giving, they're, they're giving out sandwiches. They don't have to go out to the restaurant or go anyplace else or do anything. You can grab lunch and take it with you. There's baked goods out there. All for the purpose, check this out. Our team, their very first stop, the day they, get, the day they start, their prayer, they're going to be going to D.C. They're going to be praying all around our, our national stuff. Guess what they just found out last week? Guess what? Guess what their first stop is? The White House. 
first stop on the journey. They got, a, they got permission to go to the White House. Now, they're going, they think they're coming as tourists. They're going to tour the White House. But the whole time, they're going to be prayer walking around in there, not doing anything crazy or goofy, just with nobody really paying attention. They're just going to be uttering prayers to the Father who can hear our thoughts and intents of our minds. They'll be right there in the middle of all. That would be cool. And they'll, they'll walk around the Supreme Court building and the Capitol and all that stuff, the Pentagon, all that's right there. They'll be right in the middle of it. So we're going to send them for that purpose, all right? And so if you can help them go by doing some, getting some of that stuff out there, have at it, okay? All right. On to the, where, where we came. You know, if we're going to do something, we've got we we to get fundamentals. Here's, here's some quotes from some famous football coaches. Some people try to find things in the game that don't exist. But football is only two things, blocking and tackling. Vince Lombardi said those words. Boiling, boiling football down is two things, blocking and tackling. There may be a lot of things that are kind of attached to it, but if you can't block and you can't tackle, you're not getting anywhere. Christianity can be a lot of things. You don't get the fundamentals down, you're not going anywhere. Ms. Lombardi also said, winning is habit. Unfortunately, so is losing. You can get in some habits that will help you be a great follower of Christ, and you'll be what he wants you to be. But you can also get in some habits that will help you not be a very good follower of Christ. Are you hearing me? Winning, a winning effort begins with preparation. Joe Gibbs, Super Bowl winning coach for the Washington Redskins, said those words. John Wooden, UCLA basketball coach, I don't know how many national championships he won, very good Christian man, follower of Christ, said these words, it's the little details that are vital. Little things make big things happen. I don't know if you know about Jim Rohn. He's a, uh, a businessman, was a businessman, he's dead now, uh, was an inspirational speaker. Some of you have heard of Tony. We'll see how good my footwork is today. How's that? Be careful. Success. He was he, he, he was Tony Robbins. He was kind of like the mentor of that, that, that motivational speaker, Tony Robbins. He said these words, success is neither magical nor mysterious. Success is the natural consequence of consistently applying the basic fundamentals. He has a rags to riches story. He had nothing. And before he passed away, he'd given away millions upon millions upon millions of dollars. So for us as followers of Christ, we've got to realize the very basic things are the things that matter the most. It makes no difference if we can hoot and holler if we don't know what the Scriptures say. It makes no difference if we gather together in a great complex like the Reliant Stadium and can't live for Jesus outside the walls of that place. It makes no difference well, if, if we can, can oh, I'm going to say something going to make somebody mad. It makes no difference if we can speak in tongues, but we can't apply to Scripture. Are you hearing me? I just heard somebody on, this, on, on the way to church this morning. I was listening to somebody. Uh, my, my radio was still tuned to American Family Radio because part of this broadcast for that event yesterday was on there. And a guy said, it, it's our living for Christ that really makes our words impacting. And if we shouldn't even be saying things if we can't live the way he wants us to live. It's the fundamentals that make the difference. And um, these small things may seem insignificant. A lot of that, what you just saw on the screen from that, that clip, didn't look much like an actual game of football, did it? Huh? It looked like, what is that with the, dummy, the white things laying on the, the ground? And why are they like weaving in and out of that stuff? And who is, why are those? You've got to have that down. Those fundamental things. Over the next few days, next few weeks, we're going to be doing two-a-days. We're going to talk about two fundamental elements every Sunday for the month of August. Two fundamental things that will help you be a great follower of Christ. And some of you be sitting here, dude, I've been following Jesus for 25 years. Yeah, but you never get away from the fundamentals. You never, never get away from that. Ever, ever, ever get away from that. And... Uh, Two of them today, they all kind of are kind of tandem. They all kind of go together. Right, we're going to talk about a couple today. We're going to talk about your power and your programming today. All right? 
your power and your programming. In Song, Song of Solomon, there's a piece of scripture there, Psalm, Solomon 2.15, says these words. It says, catch all the foxes, those little foxes, before they ruin the vineyard of love for the grapevines are blossoming. It's little things that make a difference. In our families, it's little things that matter. In our, in, our, in our church, it's little things that matter. It's fundamental stuff that gets, either makes us successful or makes us not so successful. In following Christ, it's little things. I, love, I see Stacy sitting here on the front row. Aren't you glad Stacy's here again with us? Uh, 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 she, she's made a newfound commitment in, 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 in Christ. She's, she's decided to up, up the ante a little bit of her spiritual intensity, and uh, hopefully we can help her keep walking that. She applies fundamentals, and we help her apply fundamentals. She's going to be successful. Everybody who was in the tank last week need to understand fundamentals. That can be a great moment in time, but it's only a great so long as it continues. Are you with me? You said a football coach. Uh, as a football coach, I told you guys this a few weeks ago. Um, we, I played football in high school, and we were horrible. And you, show, you saw a clip of my horribleness a couple weeks ago. And... Um, the thing about it is we had a coach across town. I told you these guys this story too. He, th- they were perennial powerhouses. They would win and they would win and they would win and they'd be in the playoffs every year. And we'd struggle. If we got, you know, half, half of our games we'd win, we were like, yeah, you know. And I remember listening to, 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 their, to their coach say, the thing we do well is we just do fundamentals. We perfect fundamentals. He said some schools have these huge playbooks and these great big things and all these trick stuff and all that stuff that they do. He said, we just do the fundamental stuff really well. I thought, man, there's something in that. So we're going to talk about little foxes. Two things we're talking about today, your power and your programming. We're going to talk about prayer and Bible. The prayer, your prayer, and your nose being stuck in a thing called the Bible. Okay? The reason you need to do that is because Bible reading allows you to hear from God. Prayer allows God to hear from you. Okay? You, you've got to get your nose in a thing called the Scripture. <laughs> How many of you are using this for your Scripture? I do, every day. I was on it this morning, actually. And I say that to say this. You guys have no excuse not to. You could put the whole Bible on your phone, and you're doing all kinds of other stuff with your phone. You've got time to put the Bible on your phone and use it like that. Be mad at me now or be mad at me later. I don't care. Prayer is our power supply. See this computer? I can take it with me almost anywhere I want to go. And for a while, it will work without being plugged into anything. In fact, it's really convenient because I can take it with me. I can sit at Tim Hortons. Amen. Praise Jesus. I love coffee. And um, I, can, I can go to the airport. I can... I can take it to the park. I can, I can take it any place, anywhere. I can use this thing, and it's a blessing to me. But you know what's funny about this thing? The more I use it, the more depleted it becomes. And at some point in time, I have to take this thing, and I have to do something like this, or else it's going to become useless. Okay? If I do not plug it in, eventually it becomes useless. Some of us as Christians, we think we can go from Sunday to Sunday and never talk to Jesus really. And we can do this stuff, we can apply the principles, but dude, by Thursday we are completely depleted. We can go for a while, and that's good. But once I get this thing plugged in, it's not going to do that. The other thing is, i got to make sure the programming's right. Every few days, I turn on this computer, there's this thing, do you want to install an update? So I have to have the right programming. And the way I keep the right programming about me is to do a security update, usually every day. It keeps me safe. It keeps me from giving in to pressure about what the culture says is right and what's wrong. Are you with me so far? So I, this, this computer will work great for a time without being plugged in and without a security update. 
But if I do neither of those over a long period of time, this thing will not function well, and, it, and at some point it will probably cease to function at all. Remove either of those two things, and I got problems with this computer. You remove, you remove prayer and Bible study from your everyday existence, and you'll cease to function appropriately, or at all. You'll cease to be what Jesus intended for you to be. So, with that being said, it's going to be real practical today. I'm going to give you guys some things. Here's another thing I want to encourage you. In September, we're going to start some new classes on Sunday mornings, most likely both of them during first service. Our Discipleship Training 100, which is a membership-level class, which just, just helps, help, helps us make sure we're playing by the rule of being a discipler and getting in you what needs to get in you before we say, hey, you're a part of us. We're trying to be exclusive, not really, but we're just trying to be safe. It's dangerous for us to allow you to call yourself a Christian and not make sure that you know really what being a Christian is all about. And that's what 100 is. It'll start on September the 11th, okay? We're also starting another class called DT200. It's a step up. We're progressing from elementary school to middle school, spiritually speaking, now, who needs to take that? Anybody who feels like they just don't know enough about Jesus. So let me see how many hands people don't feel, feel like they just don't know enough about Jesus. You know what that means? That makes you a candidate for DT200. Latonya will be teaching that one, okay? And it's going to take a little bit deeper. Some of the things we talk about 100 and 200 are the same kind of basic topics. They just keep digging deeper and deeper. Fundamental Christianity. You need to crank up your spirituality a little bit. It's time to take DD 200. Doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. Doesn't matter how long you've been serving Christ. If you want to take it up a notch, time to take DT 200. That may be you. It may not. I can't make you want to crank it up, but it's an opportunity available to you. All right? Enough said. No, one more commercial. Let's talk about... Here's one thing we talk about DT100. It's, it's about prayer. And some of you just need to know how to pray. Just a real basic uh, acronym. Listen to these words. So everybody say ACTS. A-C-T-S. Everybody say those letters. A-C-A-C-T-S. A-C-T-S. Say it again. A-C-T-S, right? Oh, you guys are getting it. All right. ACTS. Because some of you think, I don't know how to pray. Very simple. This is a very simple thing. You start with adoration. Adoration, for the reasons we're going to talk about today, just simply means praise to God. It's a little different than Thanksgiving. Praise is an acknowledgement that he is who he says he is. It's an acknowledgement that, that you thank him for being who he is. Not that he's done anything, but that he is faithful and that he's true, that he's, ever, that he's everlasting, that he's omniscient, that he's omnipotent, that he's, he's, he's always the same, he doesn't change, that his, his attributes come to, to, to fruition. You know what that helps you do? That helps you trust him better. Adoration is very important. The scripture reference I'd like for you to look at with me is 1 Chronicles 29.10. And the words there say this, Then David prayed, the Lord in the praise the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly. O Lord, the God of our ancestors and Israel, may you be praised forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Everything in the in the heavens and on the earth is yours, O Lord, and this is your kingdom. We adore you as the one who is over all things. Wealth and honor come from you alone, for you rule over everything. Power and might are in your hands, and at your direction people are made great and given strength. Doesn't really talk about who, what God has done for them. It talks about who he is, how he operates, what he does. You know what I mean? It's not things, for, things he's accomplished. It's just about who he is, the things that come out of him. The next part of the, the Acts thing is... Con, and here, there are, the, this list of two-a-day fu fundamentals will not be all exhaustive. There are other things. Like right here in prayer, I could sneak in things like praise and worship. That's a part of prayer because it's communication to God. In fact, what we did this morning, it was just prayer with music attached to it. It was this part, adoration, with musical notes and people around us who are gifted in that to help us get there. Do you understand that? So we've actually interacted in prayer right here, right now, before everything got going. Okay? But that should be a part of your life as well. It should not be an uncommon thing for you to take time just because, Jesus, you are amazing. 
And maybe in your car, listen to a worship CD and be like, you know what, Jesus, this is just incredible. It doesn't matter to me if 10 people are around, if one person ain't around, if I'm not even hardly around, but I just am close to you and I'm wow. But there are things that I'm not going to mention by name that are a part of this scenario. Do you get me? This word, uh, the, the, the adoration. The next thing is confession. That's the C. Confession. Confession is two things. Confession is to seek forgiveness, 1 John 1, 9. If we, conf- if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So that's part of it. We confess before Him that we've just fallen short in some capacity or another. We confess that we're just not up to snuff. How many of you guys aren't up to snuff? The rest of you perfect ones will have an altar call at the, at the end of the service for lying. Okay? So you can do this C part. The other part is to lay claim to the truth. Romans 10, 9 says this. This is how we get saved in the first place. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. When you become saved, you lay claim to the truth that Jesus is the Christ, that he rules over your life. You get that? That's how you enter this thing called Christianity in the first place. You know what? That elementary thing never ceases. It's imperative for you to lay hold of the truth, even in your prayer time, and go, God, I know your scriptures say, I'll be blessed coming and going, and that's just not a financial thing, okay? I've heard all kinds of people preach on it, and they always want to attach a dollar amount to it. Listen, blessing has a lot. If all you're worried about is having money, you're missing the boat anyway. I mean, there's so much more to blessing than just having money. In fact, a lot of people have money, and they're not blessed at all. So let's get beyond this whole thinking this blessing thing has to do with dollar amounts. You should be blessed in your family relationships. You should be blessed in your emotions. You should be blessed with with, with the people you work around. You should be blessed with the the laughter of children. You should be blessed. I mean, just think about things that bring blessing to your life. And a lot of, uh, most of them that really bring true blessing have nothing to do with dollars. Am I right? So you lay hold to the truth. You grab a hold of what the scriptures say about things. And that's another reason you, you combine the two together. The other thing is thanksgiving, A-C-T. Thanksgiving is thanking God for what he's done. You want a good resource to look there? Psalm 136, that's all that it is. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. You guys remember this from our, from our shout series? Go back in March if you want to listen, and we could do this like a chant like the football teams would, would do in the middle of the field before they start the game they start Bouncing together. Remember that? Remember this? Give thanks to the God of gods. His faithful love endures forever. Remember that? Give thanks to the Lord of lords. Give thanks to him who alone, who does mighty miracles. Give thanks to him who made the heavens so skillfully. Give thanks to him who placed the earth among the waters. Give thanks to him who made the heavenly lights, the sun to rule the day, the moon and the stars to rule the night. Give thanks to him who killed the firstborn of Egypt. He brought Israel out of Egypt. He set us free. He acted with a strong hand and a powerful arm. Give thanks. And it goes on and on and on. That is thanksgiving. At that moment during your prayer time, you, you should be able to go, Jesus, look what you've done. I paid my bills this week. Holy smoke. Thank you, Jesus. Wow, you protected me from that car accident. Thank you, Lord. What car accident? The one you didn't know anything about. Huh? The one you were so worried because you were going to be late and you couldn't get something. The car wasn't starting. All of a sudden, it just took off. And you didn't know it. But 30 seconds before you got to that intersection, somebody come flying through there, right? And you didn't even know it. And you give thanks to God for things he has done. Thank you, Jesus. That, that, that I'm where I should be. The next thing is supplication. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Supplication for our purposes is just merely making requests. Do you notice you don't get to the list until there's three other things in front of it? Because for some of us, that's all our prayer life is. God, I want. God, I need. God, please. God, that. God. And I, we, come, we come with the big, you know what I mean? The Christmas wish list for Santa Claus. You see what I mean? And that's an important part, don't get me wrong, but for some of us, that's the only part we have. That's the only communication we offer to God is, I need, I want. 
I don't know about you. It drives me crazy when the first thing my kids could do when I come in the house is go, Dad, I want to look at I need and I want. I'm like, hey, nice to see you too, kid. I love you very much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Anybody relate to that? Huh? So supplication, making requests. This is the least and the easiest. That's why this is the bottom of the list. It's easy for us to come with our wish list. It's the least important, really. Because God will take care of our list when we give him his rightful place. Matthew, the scriptures say in Matthew 6, 33, that if we seek first the kingdom of God, everything else will be added unto us. Am I right? He'll take care of stuff. Now, he also tells us to pray and ask. He wants us to do that. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes that's all we do. That's the thing that comes easiest for us. It's at the bottom of the list. Are you with me? Philippians 4, 6, you can read that there. Now, we're going to do powerful acts. We've got the power plugged in to heaven, okay? Now, let's talk about our programming, Okay, let's talk about how we, how we stay good programmed. We get, we, stay, we get good programming from good information. Okay, good information is this right here. Now we're going to hit this hard and heavy. Are you with me so far? Everybody running. If I had a whistle, I'd blow it right now, but I don't have one on me. But there, there's six things. You look on your list, if you're looking in your, in your bulletin, there's only five because I'm, I'm, I'm going to make you apply. Okay, are you hearing me? You have to add number six yourself. Okay? Number one, hear the word. Romans 10, 17 says faith comes from hearing, hearing from the word of God. The first thing you have to do is be in a place where you can hear it. That doesn't mean necessarily have it spoken to you, but be in a place where you can grab a hold of it. Do you hear me? Number two, you have to read the word. Revelation 1, 3 talks about blessed are those who read this book of prophecy. Okay? So you need to read the word. Number three... You've got to study the Word. 2 Timothy 2.15 talks about a, a workman that needs not to be ashamed who studies the Word and rightfully divides it. Study means to go a little deeper than just a mere five seconds. And this should be progressionary for you. Some of you are just starting this walk of faith. You don't even know where to turn probably to even start studying the Bible. But you should start endeavoring. There are great Bible resources that make Bible study so easy anymore. Really, none of us have an excuse, honestly. We'll, we'll go out and Google things. Like my wife, after Kingston Family Fun Fest, my wife went out and Googled how to remove fish smell from a cooler. We got all kinds of options. You know what's funny? The simplest one was the one who fixed it. I filled up coolers with bleach and water, let them sit for 24 hours, opened them things back up. Good. Ah-ha! My wife took baking soda, got it in there, scrubbed. Yeah. You know what worked? Crumpled up newspaper. Crumpled up newspaper, throw it in the cooler, shut the cooler for 12 hours, open it back up, smell gone. But we'll go, we'll, we'll do research like that. We don't even, and you can, you, you know, you can go, there, there's a thing called Bible Gateway. You want to study the Bible? Go to Bible Gateway. You can look up everything, anything. I mean, it's amazing. And we'll spend hours trying to figure out how to fix our car. We'll spend hours trying to figure out what our, what, who we're going to draft for, 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 for fantasy draft here in a couple weeks. We'll spend hours researching, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff. The Bible's right there, too, and we think we don't have time. Are you kidding me? We, if any people without excuse, it's us. Anyhow, study the Word, 2 Timothy. Number four, memorize the Word. Why? Because it keeps us from doing goofy stuff. Psalm 119.11 says, your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Stick that thing in there, let it grow. Dwell on it. Meditate upon it. It should be the thoughts of your mind. Psalm 1.2 says, those who meditate on the Lord's law day and night are like people who are planted by, like trees planted by the rivers of water, who bear their fruit in the season, who are not moved by things. I just, I had somebody in my office that wasn't my office. I remember when it was. I talked about this week. And they were going through a really difficult time. And they said, I, this one piece of scripture was just right there all the time. And it kept me going. It keeps me going. It keeps me going in the right direction. Just this one thing. If they never put it in, they never had that to draw from. And here's number six. You have got to apply it. If you memorize, if you study, if you read, and you meditate, but you never... Memorize, meditate. I just said meditate. Didn't I just say meditate? Okay. Number six is not on the screen. 
You have to write this one down because it's, guess what? It's application. You have to write this one down. Apply it. James 1, 2 says, or James 1, 22 says, we should not just be hearers of the word, we should be doers, because if we're only hearers, we deceive ourselves. That's the book of James. The Bible says knowledge puffs up. You know why? If all we do is gain knowledge, we're missing it anyway. And that word should change our lives. It should transform us. Romans 12, 1 and 2 talk about us presenting our bodies, living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable act of worship. Are you with me so far? And he goes on to say, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by how? The renewing of your mind. Are you hearing me? This is, this is, where, this is where we get off track because we, we listen. Like you guys here today go, dude, that's a really good message. And then you'll be confronted with an, with an application part. You're like, you don't really want to do that. Well, you, you know what? You don't want to do that? You just wasted your time. You just took two hours of your precious time, sat in church, and it was fruitless. If you are not going to, if you're going to read the Word and not do what it says, if you're going to study the Word and not do what it says, if you're going to come to church and listen to good preaching and good teaching and not do what it says, you are wasting, your, everybody say, wasting my time. You absolutely are. Is that harsh? It's honest. Is it honest? Do you want honesty? Or you just want to feel good about yourself when you walk out of here? Huh? Let's keep walking with Jesus. You know what I mean? Eternity's waiting. So, hear it, read it, study it, memorize it, meditate upon it, and apply it. Now, here's the fun part. I, I learned this a few years ago to Promise Keepers. You can take prayer and, and, and study time. We call it devotional time. And then one of the easiest things you can do is take a devotional drive every day. How many of you guys go for a ride? You ever do that? When I was a kid, that seems like that was one of, our, that was one of the, the things we as a family did a lot, which is, just go take a drive. Anybody ever do it? Y'all look at me like, dude, you are crazy. Just No, we, do, we would do that, honestly. we just get in the car and go take a ride. Anybody, did anybody else ever do that? Huh? Still do it. I, when I'm in Florida, we do that. Because there's nothing like the coastline. And I have no one. I'm just like looking out over the Gulf of Mexico. Oh, dude, and just keep driving. Now pay attention where you're going. No, I'm just kidding. So let's take a devotional. Devotional time is, listen to this, devotional time is for depth, not distance. When you'd go on one of those family drives, it wasn't to see how far you could get. Am I right? It was just for quality time, right, to spend some time together and just have some interaction. Is that true? And pay attention to some things you wouldn't have paid attention to normally. Am I right? The sunset or the green trees or the stars. I remember one time, my mom and dad, my mom and dad aren't here yet, we had this black Ford Ranchero. You remember those things? It was like the Ford version of the El Camino. Anybody remember that? Huh? Had a black one. And there were four of us in our family. All of us could not fit in the cab of that Ranchero. All right? And so one night we went for one of those drives, and my sister and I laid in the, you can't do this now because you have to have seat belts on because the government tells you you have to. But anyway, we laid in the back of that ranchero, flat on our backs. It was a starly, it was a starry night, wasn't a cloud in the sky. And we laid, the, my sister and I laid in the back of that thing for an hour and just watched the stars. It was awesome. I'll never forget it. So we want to take a devotional drive with Jesus. The first thing you need to do, remember, it's not for it's not for distance, it's for depth, okay? Number one, fill your tank. You start with prayer, okay? You start with prayer. 1 Corinthians 2, 7 talks about that. Fill your tank. You've, you've got, that's got to fill this Holy Spirit so he can guide you in the truth. Number two, choose your road. Decide where you're going. We just start off on a trajectory. Let's go kind of head down towards Sauda Trails. When we live in Florida, let's kind of head out towards Clearwater Beach. Let's, and we just, we just pick kind of a, a direction with no real intention of getting anywhere. Anybody been there? Remember that? Kind of choose your direction and then figure out where the, where the road leads from there. Remember that? Choose your direction. Choose a book. Choose a chapter. Choose a topic. Decide, you know, God, what, I'd like for you to speak to me about faithfulness. What's your word say about faithfulness, Lord? Choose carefully and prayerfully. Here's the next thing. Slow down and take in the scenery. You're not trying to win a race. You're not trying to get 500 laps done before the other guy does. You're trying to spend time with your heavenly Father. 
slow down and take it all in. I think there's times we should just absolutely overload on Scripture. We should just fill ourselves up until we can't really take it anymore. I do believe that. But if that's all that we ever do, we're missing it anyway. Because he wants our time. He wants us. Number four, pull over at scenic viewpoints. Get out of the car and step out into the scene. You ever be driving down the road and you're just like, dude, let's, can we, can we, look at that. And you'll stop. Like when you're, you ever been traveling and you have those, those scenic overlooks? You know what I'm talking about? Like when you're driving through the mountains and you get out and you stop and, dude, look at that. That is amazing. You know what? God will do the same thing if you'll just take time. He'll show you some amazing things you've never seen before. You'll just take time to stop and consider what he's saying, what he's showing you. And what would be a good thing to do at this point? We grab, a, grab something to write with and get a notebook and do this thing called journaling so that when God speaks those really important things to you, you have a record of it. You remember how many of you guys ever stop at those scenic viewpoints and do number five? Take a picture of yourself at that place. How many of you ever did that? Everybody get in. Shh. Look, I forget to just start. The sunset's perfect blue. You know what I mean? Do that with your devotional life. What does the scripture say about me? And then write it in your journal. Write, write it there and go, dude, I need to grow in that area. I need to, to grab a hold of that. Number six, send home a postcard. Find a place of application where it hits you right where you live. Just choose to act on it immediately. If you're reading about forgiveness and you know you're not operating in that, as soon as you possibly can, Get on that. Make that phone call. Send that card. Drop that email. Whatever it is you need to do to, to act upon it, to make it real, to make it applicable to your life, send home a card. Make a to-do list if you have to. Now, why would he do? There's this thing. Everybody's going to be, my, my, my phone's much like my computer. See, if I don't, if I don't, I have to do, uh, it's like all week long all I've done is hit update on this thing. It makes me kind of frustrated, actually. And I found out with this thing in particular, I have to plug it in nightly or else, like, the next day I'm going to be juiced before noon. You know what I mean? Anybody have that same problem? Huh? But I found that I have this app on here called a to-do list. It helps keep me sharp. And there's all sorts of apps I can download onto this thing that help me do what I do and do it more efficiently. The same thing is true of these foundational principles that we're talking about. Those are apps, applications, to help us do what we do as followers of Christ and do it more efficiently and effectively, that we might be pleasing to our Father that's in heaven. We're called not just to, to have great services here inside this sanctuary. We're called to live transformed lives outside of this building in our everydayness of life, to do what Belinda did with that, with that card and just make herself available to the Holy Spirit of God and, 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 and we're, but if we don't ever apply these basic things, we'll never get there. So we're going to use these apps. Matthew 25, we spent all of last month talking about Matthew 25. Remember that? The piece of Scripture, Matthew 25, that kind of just carries us on over. The master was full of praise. He said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I'll give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The more we get these small things down, the more access we have, the more kingdom activity. Do you know that? The more we do the basic stuff, the more God entrusts us with more weighty things that bring great more celebration to the kingdom. Isn't that cool? But we want to jump things. We want to try the easy way. We want to try the quick way. We want the quick fix. We want to jump over stuff and not do what really is necessary. So let me ask you a question. How are you applying these drills? Huh? Are you giving it all you got? Hitting the pad? Hitting the seven-man sled? Running through the ropes? Working on your footwork? How are you doing that as a scripture? Where, where can your prayer life be heightened? Maybe for some of you today, it's just setting aside time that you normally don't set aside, and you would heighten that level. You're really, you're really good about doing it when you have time. The problem is sometimes there's just not enough time. Where, where can you heighten your prayer life? Where, where can, how can your devotion to the scriptures be deepened? How can you dig a little deeper into the truth of God's word? Where, we we want to be 3D Christians, right? We want to be fully alive and accessible 
Christians, both our Father and the world around us, right? So we've got to have greater height. We've got to have greater depth. We've got to have greater length. How can your daily devotional time, daily devotional drive, not time, drive be lengthened? How can you grasp the most from it? How? See, I can't make those decisions for you. But I will tell you this, if you become really good at these small things, man, the horizon is bright as a follower of Christ. Some of you are like, dude, I don't even know what being a follower of Christ is. Listen, being a follower of Christ is very simple. It's believing that he is who he says he is. It's understanding that your life without him is missing something. It's understanding that you are screwed up. How many, how many screw-ups do we have in the building today? Let's see your hands. See, you're in good company. How many of your screw-ups have been following Jesus for a long time? Let me see your hands. So you're still in good company. What am I saying? It's just time to jump in. You are a screw-up, but Jesus helps you get those screwed-up things unscrewed up. Does that make sense? Our sin separates from the Father. What we come to, to, to the Father is through the person of Christ. He gives us the hope of life here that we just don't merely exist. And he gives us the opportunity to walk into this place called heaven and live eternally with him and his dad. That's the gospel. That's how it works, ladies and gentlemen. Now listen, some of us are followers of Christ. If you don't know Christ, it's as simple as laying hold of that truth, believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth. But if you are a Christian, then you've got to find a way to deepen this relationship you have with him. And two ways you can do it is, is endeavor to dig deeper in prayer and to dig deeper in Bible study and combine those two things together and take a devotional drive with Jesus at every opportunity you get. I had a, an appointment get counseled on me yesterday. You know what I did for that hour I was supposed to be? I found myself with my nose stuck in the Bible. I promise. You know why? Because I, I don't have enough time all the time. I'm just like the rest of you. I'm a pastor, and I'm kind of obligated to have the truth, you know, and ready to give it and all that stuff. But I just find being a pastor of 300-ish people, being a daddy of four and a husband of one, that, that consumes a lot of time. And sometimes i got to take a reprieve for a minute. Jesus had to. The Bible says Jesus got up early in the morning. He'd go away with his daddy. If he had to do it, I'll guarantee you, you do. You know what I mean? So where does your depth need to change? Where does your length need to be drawn out? Where does your height need to be worked on? How can you be a 3D person who's got power and correct programming so you can be all that God wants you to be? Where is it? I can't decide that for you. You know. Do me a favor. That's how we're going to end today. We're going to apply a piece of scripture. I want you to stand up real quick where you are. We're not going to talk about praying. We're going to do it. Okay? And what I want you to do right here where you sit, I want you before you leave, and then we're done. Some of you need to go home today, and you need to go take your, take your, your, your smartphone that you do dumb things with. You seen that commercial? You see that? Okay. Anyway, and load down, download a U version, and get get busy about doing a Bible study every morning because you're just not doing that, and it make it real simple for you. Take a baby step towards Jesus and get into that. You need to take some time to pray. Here's what I want you to do. I want you right now where you stand. I want you to take some time. I'm gonna give it to you right here, right now, and I want you to walk through Acts. I want you to, uh, to, to give adoration to your Father. I want you to confess what you need to confess. Lay hold of whatever truth you need to hold of. I want you to thank Him for something. I want you to ask Him to do something in your life. Just right here, right now where you are. Walk through those four steps. Just right here, right now. Thomas, just play a little bit of light music. If you don't know Jesus, this would be the time to go. You know what, Jesus? I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God. Or the rest of this church is praying. Jesus, we come to you right now, Lord. Don't wait for me to pray for you. I'm not giving you words. You just, you just have a, a personal time with your Father. Jesus, we're just grateful you are, that you love. We're grateful, Father God, that you never change. We're grateful, Jesus, that your light and your life, God, are, are, are glowing, Jesus. God, we're grateful, God, you give us joy and, and hope and peace, Lord, because you are those things. God, I confess, Lord Jesus, that I'm weak. I confess, Father God, that my brain is scattered. I confess, Father God, that there's things I should do that I don't do. Lord, even yesterday there were some things I just struggled with that I want to do, but I just can't find the, the, the strength to carry them out all the way, Lord. And 
right now, Jesus, I pray, God, you help me. Lord, I, I confess that before you. God, not just sins I commit, but sins I omit, things I know I should do and I don't. Lord, I pray your, your grace would cover me. God, I want to be a man who's faithful and true like you are. And I lay hold of the fact that I can have your mind and your heart. Jesus, I thank you, God, that I have a loving church family around me. I thank you, Jesus, that, God, my bills are finding a way to get paid, even though it doesn't make sense to me at times. God, I, I thank you, Jesus, that today, God, my steps are ordered by you, and you brought me to this point, Lord Jesus. I thank you, God, that you are great and you're, you're powerful. I thank you, Jesus, that, God, you, you've taken care of my young son with that condition that's caused him to have difficulty breathing, and he's, he's, he's doing well, Lord, and I'm, I'm so grateful. I'm, I love you, Jesus, so much. Jesus, I ask that today, God, my request is that we would truly be a church triumphant, that we live as followers of Christ with passion and strength. We'd be victorious in all that we do and all that we are. Lord, we bless you and we love you and we honor you. We lift up holy hands to you, Jesus. God, do your work. I ask, God, that you would give hope to the hopeless. You give encouragement to the discouraged. You give healing to the diseased, Lord. I, I ask, Jesus, that, God, where homes are a wreck, God, and relationships are broken down, you'd bring healing and mending, forgiveness, God, and all those sorts of things. Lord, I ask for those things. I thank you, Jesus. You are listening as we pray. You are moving in our lives as we utter those words. God, we're grateful, Jesus, that you hear us and you respond to us because we ask in the great and awesome and resurrected name of Jesus. Lord, we bless you and we love you. It's in your great name we pray. Everybody say, amen. Give God a hand clap. Listen, my obligation is not to make sure you just have a good church service, which I hope you did. I hope you enjoyed it. But my obligation as a pastor is to make sure you have tools and weaponry that make you be what you ought to be. And so I don't want you staying away for the next month. You're like, dude, I just got that down. No, you don't probably. And I don't. I know I say that because I don't. I mean, when I point out here, there's like, you know, there's all those pointing back this way sometimes because I don't have it all down. But I'm, I passionately want to be what Jesus wants me to be. So go today. Apply. Yes, bro. Yes.